Welcome to Japan according to Akio. Everything you wanted to know, or didn't think you needed to know, about Japan. With me, your host Akio, living in Japan since 2004 and giving you the lowdown on what it's like to live in and around Tokyo. Yo everyone, what is going on? We are here for episode 127, the back trouble episode.、Um, I explained, you know, why I'm kind of a little bit low key this episode.、Uh, also, why th- this is a short episode because you can probably guess I'm having a, a few back issues, but nothing major.、Um, but my son fucked me up. <laughs> I explained it, don't worry.、Um, but, you know, Uh, we finish up very quickly the, the questions from the past two episodes,、um, a real fucked up political issue. And then I, get, I give you a documentary and some, some shit for you guys to watch. I think that you're really going to、uh, appreciate at the end. Of course, the links are in the description, but just listen to the episode. And then when you're done, you can go ahead and listen and、um, check it out. Of course, before you do that, I, I've been forgetting the past few episodes, but I just remembered. Remember to like, remember to subscribe, share would be helpful.、Uh, sharing somewhere would be helpful too. Tell your friends, tell your parents, tell, you know, every, I don't know, tell everyone about this wonderful podcast, wonderful YouTube channel, wherever you're watching it.、Um, do that would, would be very appreciated. At least a heart, you know, somewhere, at least a comment. If you're listening to it on, on, on audio, just take your time and write a review of it would be nice. Again, Uh, I'm just gonna keep badgering you until you do it. So, all right, but after you do that, enjoy. Yo, 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 what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the podcast, episode 127.、Um, this is gonna be a low key, kind of chill one for me for a few different reasons.、Uh, well, no, one reason my son fucked me up. <laughs>、um, Nah, like the past few days, my son、uh, has really been into wrestling. We wrestle sometimes, but he likes jumping on my back. And the other day,、uh, we were wrestling around. He was on my back, hanging all on me. And、um, something tweaked in my back a little bit. So my back's still kind of tender.、Um, so I'm not going to be moving around too much. I'm trying to keep my shit to a minimum because I, I, I had today off, but I have to work tomorrow. Uh, my back is pretty, a lot better than it was yesterday, and I think the day before, the past two days, it, it's been kind of funky. So I, I'm all right. I should be all right. You know, it's not like anything big, but you know, it's still a little tender. So I'm just trying to like rest as much as possible because tomorrow I have a full day of work. I'm going to be moving around. You know, I'm going to be sitting in a chair all day. So、um, I'm going to wear a little patch, medicated pad、uh, on it, but.、Um, You know,、um, just me sitting here, moving around, touching stuff on the computer, I can feel a little bit my back's like, so if you, if you see me twinge a little bit, that, that's why. But it's no big deal. Don't, don't worry about it at all. Like, it's, it's really not that bad.、Um, you know,、um, I, I went to IKEA today, and so, like, pushing around the cart, when, once it started getting a little full, I was like telling my wife, like, I kind of need you to push this, you know, because. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't like in pain, but I could feel like, you know,、um, I'm putting a little strain on my back and I need to save that for tomorrow, you know, just, just, just rest up as much as I can for tomorrow, just so that I can get through the day as smoothly as possible.、Um, 
But that's about it for me. Uh, nothing, nothing else too crazy. Oh no, there's some crazy shit that happened yesterday. <laughs> okay, um, this actually ties. In. I'm just going to jump straight into the topic. Just wrap up because I was actually, you know, anticipating the questions. We had some great questions like the past two episodes from from that uh, list, and I was like, okay, what else is on there? And I really should have looked at the list more carefully because uh, <laughs> at the last episode, like I was like, I will right, we'll finish it next time but there's only one more question on the list so i'm gonna actually just finish that and then it ties up into a little um interesting i don't know if it's you know, it was something i got to tell you guys so okay the last point on this list and we'll finish it up is japanese people are overworked and yeah i would say just generally speaking japanese people are overworked um especially when you're comparing them to western standards is what i would say the person says yes and no um, but I would say compared to Western standards, yes, you know, gen just your average office worker, generally speaking, is going to work overtime. You know, I would say for me, just, um, let's say an average, uh, either married person, married man or unmarried person, male or female, I would say the average work time, again, starting at nine, finishing between eight and nine o'clock would be like average work time across the board, you know, from, for most people. Of course, there are some, um, what's, what's the word? There are some, see, I'm just going to draw a blank. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, you can see I'm just not fully 100% this episode, but there are some uh, exceptions to that rule. But, um, Generally speaking, my image, if I think like of a, a, a Seishain, which is a regular worker, I'm thinking they're working until 8 or 9 o'clock every, every weeknight. So they're putting like 11, 12-hour days, then maybe going out to eat dinner uh, with their colleagues as well after that. Like, that's just what it is. Um, now, of course, like I said, I've seen it go, for, I've heard, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, last train every night, five nights a week. You know, having to take a taxi home, like, you know, working from like nine to one, two o'clock in the morning, five days a week for years on end. I've heard that as well. So um, the majority of people basically over time is kind of expected in this country in some form or another. Now, that doesn't mean like if you work for uh, a Japanese company or, or, or a foreign company, that's necessarily the case. Um, more than likely with a Japanese company, it's probably going to be the case. But from what I've heard anecdotally, you know, it seems that Japanese companies that or companies in Japan that hire, OK, rewind, Japanese companies that hire foreign people kind of do it with the understanding that foreign people aren't going to work the same hours as Japanese people, generally speaking. So, you know, um, if you're polite and obey the kind of etiquette rules of the Japanese office, you can kind of leave on time and people will kind of just, again, put you in that box. Like, okay, the foreign person leaves at six or seven o'clock, whatever, you know, um, that's just the way it is. And no one will kind of get in your face about it. It's just the way it is, you know, but you just gotta, but you're just kind of get put in a category that's different from everyone else right like I, now i would say with if you work for a foreign based company the rules might be a little bit different but then again i've heard um several japanese people who work with foreign colleagues and you know 
for a foreign company here in Japan. And they're like, all the non-Japanese people leave right at, you know, six o'clock. And which is, you know, everything's nine to six, not nine to five like it is in America. Uh, lunchtime is kind of considered separately. So, yeah, like, you know, the Japanese people are working hard and the foreign people just leave. And that's something something that's across the board, I think, in, in every company that I'm seeing where Japanese people and foreign people work side by side. That's just something that's going to happen. Now, what that ties into is something that happened to me last night. Um, so last night I went out and met uh one of my mentors you know a friend mentor older uh not older like a guy in his 40s um owns an it company you know he's kind of helped me out quite a bit um and we, we we've really become friends um helping out in business you know i've worked with him taught some of his staff um and just you know hanging out drinking stuff like that like you know um i call him a friend and you know, he calls me a friend, like, but, um, so, you know, this project, my next project, I'm working, uh, on planning in the planning process of, um, uh, for English study. Uh, I, I wanted to get some feedback from him. So we had dinner and drinks and, and talking and stuff like that. Great time on my way back home. It was my first time where my train basically ran over somebody like like yeah like my train not not even probably my my train killed somebody you know um coming back going back home riding through central tokyo it was maybe about like almost 10 o'clock at night and you know i think we were pulling into the station near tokyo station like one or two stops away from tokyo station and you know the emergency brakes hit. I hear a little. I feel a little bit of rumbling. I'm guessing that was where the the train hit the body. Um, and you know I just see people running, staff running back and forth like oh shit, running all over the place, uh, running back and forth. And uh, then the ambulance emergency crew came out, and you know the then the train people were like okay, well um, we are opening up the first car of the train, you know, so if you want to exit, you can exit the first car. So I had to basically walk, everyone made a beeline, walk into the first car of the train. And we kind of, I had to pass where um, the body was. It was definitely a body because they weren't like rushing to really, you know, pull anyone out of there. Um, and, you know, the whole thing was taped off with tape and, and they're looking under and stuff like that. And, you know, I can't even imagine what they were seeing. I'm glad I didn't take it. Like, I, I was like, I'm not going to look, <laughs> you know, like, it, of course, like there was one or two people trying to peep over um, and see what, what I guess, between the um, the platform and the train. But like, I ain't trying to see that. I'm just trying to see a mangled body. Like, you know, no thanks. So uh, after, you know, a stomach, well, a stomach full of Chinese food and beer, nah, I'm good. So, um, yeah, th luckily, like, um, the two train lines, there are two major train lines. The Yamanote line, which you've heard me talk about, is a loop. And the Keihintoku line, which is kind of runs parallel to the Yamanote line on uh, one section. So uh, I could... And the Keihintoku line basically runs from Saitama, which is a suburb, um, with a, which is a prefecture north of Tokyo, through Tokyo all the way down to Yokohama. 
where I where I was going. So um, in that section, you know, the, the two train lines run parallel to each other. One's green, one's blue. It's kind of cool. They're, it's like they're racing. Um, but yeah, so I could jump off and jump onto the Yamanote line. And because in my, in my frame of mind, I was like, well, you know, if they're scraping this body off the fucking uh, train tracks, like this train's probably not going anywhere for a while. So it was a longer course for me to take the Yamanote line and another train to get to get to where I was going. But I was like, yeah, fuck it. And normally it would take me like an hour to get back home. But like it took me like two, over two hours to get home. Like just, you know, that way. And then by the time I got there, like my bus had already gone. The last bus is gone. So I had to take a taxi. And, you know, I was waiting for the bus. I thought the bus was going to come. But like the um, the schedule was wrong, I guess. I don't know. So like I just stood around i just like well i got 20 minutes to kill let me go drink another beer so i went to the convenience store drank a beer went back bus is still not there i'm like what the actually bus probably came while i was drinking a beer now <laughs> now that i think about it <laughs> i probably just like went off to drink a beer and just missed my bus <laughs> which that's probably what happened actually because you know it, it was before 11 o'clock when i went off to drink a beer so Eh, it's my fault, whatever. <laughs> but, um, and, you know, on my way on the Yamanote line, because I was like, kind of like, what the fuck? Because when I almost got to Shibuya Station, I looked on the thing and it explained that the Keihin Toku line started running again, which completely shocked me because, you know, I don't know how they just, I guess they were like, just fuck it. Just, I don't know, like, got everyone out of there. Scraped, scraped the body off, hose everything down, and kept moving. I don't know what the fuck they did, but I was shocked that they could, like, do all that, like, in an hour. Because, I mean, okay, let me just stop talking about this because, you know, I'm not trying to really think about this too much. But, you know, but pretty much, you know, there's only, for me, there's only two possibilities. Well, well actually, let me go back before I say that. Because you, if you heard me talk about, um, you know, suicides and stuff like that before, you've heard me talk about those gates that they put on the train platforms, right? And they've been installing them in, in, in train lines like all over Tokyo, all over Yokohama. And the sad part is that that station, the you remember you said they run parallel parallel to each other. The Yamanote line had it, but the Keihin Toku line didn't have those gates. So the person that either fell or jumped onto the tracks could really only do that because they hadn't installed those gates those like anti-suicide gates i guess there were i don't know safety gates let's call them safety gates they've they, because they hadn't installed those safety gates on that um on that platform yet which is kind of sad so either i mean that time of night it was either i would say either that that person was drunk and fell onto the tracks or they were maybe overworked stressed out and just said fuck it and just like you know just took a fucking swan dive onto the train tracks. I mean, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to, you know, rest in peace, whoever that was. I'm not going to say which one it was. You know, I'm not going to really judge like that. But um, just given the fact that it was a Thursday late at night, it is, and, you know, Japan's kind of opening up. I mean, Tokyo area is kind of opening up again. So it could be that that person was at a drinking party and, you know, all of the 
bars and restaurants do close earlier, it is 50-50, whether it was like, you know, for falling on the tracks or suicide. So I can't really judge what it is, what it, what it, what it is. But um, it, it was kind of like, you know, I mean, I wasn't like all fucked up about it. I mean, like, you know, they, you know I mean, I don't know what to say, but um, but it is it was kind of like, oh, OK, this is what happens when someone falls on the tracks, you know, kind of thing. So I, I've seen about it, I've seen it on the news. I've seen announcements about it. I read about it. But I, that was my first time actually seeing what happens when that situation happens. So it was it was kind of a for lack of a better word, interesting kind of situation. All right. So uh let me see what's that okay we're we're 15 minutes in all right so that that's that for that article um again people are overworked uh okay again sorry just leaning over pushing these buttons is kind of like yeah but anyway um let me move over i got something for you uh no i'm gonna save that for the end um an article that I want to talk about, which is in, again, in the um, description, wherever you're watching this, horrifying new U.S. rules on online college courses leave Japanese students in limbo. I don't know if you've heard about this where you are, but, um, you know, it's kind of like some really surprising news for me. You know, basically, America, it, I think work visas and student visas as well. Is really basically kicking out non-American people. Um, the the current administration, I'm not going to get into it too deeply, but um, is kicking people out basically. So in this article explains that I'll just deal with the college situation. That basically college students um, who are studying abroad in the United States, if they are in yeah on a student visa in the United States, but their university goes to 100% online courses, which apparently a lot of american universities are doing the majority might be doing they're not it kind of makes their visa invalid and they either have to change transfer to a university that does have in-person classes or they'll have to leave america now that's kind of crazy to me and um i guess it's to kind of kick out a lot of Chinese uh, students studying abroad, which apparently there's a, a, a large amount of, but, you know, students from other com- countries, especially even Japan, um, that's kind of like a pretty extreme measure, in my opinion. Like, I know I'm, I'm really happy for, and I have to talk to my student because one of my students, her, who I, t- actually I taught, I teach her mom currently, and I used to teach her daughter before she went to college in America. Like she, you know, when she was a high school student, she graduated from school in, you know, in America, like this semester, this past semester. So if she hadn't finished up or if she, you know, and I mean, her school went to all complete online classes. So if she would have had to take a summer course or something like that, she would have been fucked up. She would have probably literally not been able to graduate um, from school in America. And, and yeah, that and like her, I mean, she already got her job offer and everything. So that would have just fucked her whole life up. So she got really, really lucky um, that she got the fuck out of there before this shit went down. And so, you know, hopefully, I mean, if you know someone, you know, who's in a similar situation or someone who is studying abroad, like, you know, on a student visa or something, even like a work visa, you might want to get in contact with them because they might have to leave the United States um, because 
it's bullshit. Let me just say it like that. So, so that's that. Um, again, like I said, I'm, I'm just speeding through these topics. I got one more thing for you. Then I'm gonna get out of here, you guys. Again, this is not a long episode at all. Just please bear with me. I, I can't really expand too much, move around too much. Um, I just, you know, I'm just not. I'm just trying to be really careful tonight. Um, and again, I got I got a long day tomorrow. No, it's not a long busy day, but you know, I got a feeling my back is going to make me have to walk on eggshells all day. So, um, the last thing I have for you guys is a pretty interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's two videos, but like, <laughs> um, the first one is it, it, it's about school festivals and, and um, uh, um, uh a game that's been played on during school festivals. I, I'm thinking it's play. It was played in the past. I might've heard about it in the past, but it's so dangerous. It was banned. Um, but apparently during, uh, for like the Japan self-defense, uh, Academy, I guess, basically the military Academy for, um, Japan, they still play this game. Um, it's called Botaoshi. Right, and the first video is two videos related to this. It, I have heard of this game, but uh, I forgot why. I was just fishing around, and, and it came up. And um, the first one actually explains. The first video explains this uh, game, the rules, and stuff like that. And the guy does a pretty good job of explaining it, but. I could, I really get the feeling he does not live in Japan or does not know anything about Japanese because he completely butchers the name of it. Uh, Botaoshi. I think he says like Botaoshi or some shit like that. But it's Botaoshi, right? And Bo meaning pole or, or, or stick. And Taoshi means to like, uh, like for example, uh, full, pull down or fall down. Like to pull down, basically. Um, yeah, Taoshi. Taoshi. To pull down so pulling down a big stick and that's pretty much the, the, the rule of the game um but he but he explains it you know i watched that first video which explained it quite a bit uh, in a bit of detail and then the second one is a really really good like 10 minute documentary that documents actually um the players at the i think i'll just call it the military academy um in their tournament and so I would recommend you watch the dude's fuck. Sorry, like, I'm sorry. He it was distracting, like how terrible his pronunciation was, and and just I I really got the feeling he just does not. I think he's an Asian dude, but he just doesn't strike me as understanding Japan at all. Um, not knocking the dude. Thank you for putting up the content, but like, come on, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> okay, it just felt like he just read some shit from Wikipedia, but um. Um, but it's really an interesting game. The second documentary is really, really well done, really, really well shot. And it gives you, I think, um, a glimpse into the samurai spirit of Japan. People who have, like, you know, Japanese people get a tendency of being really peaceful and really, um, what's the word? Mm, in modern times, you know, being, let's just say, very peaceful, very passive, uh, things like that. But there's another side to the Japanese personality. And this kind of shows the fire that that does come out in Japanese people sometimes. Um, and some people are like this, of course, you know, similar to um, I was thinking about before here, similar to like America, the military. I, mean, I would imagine a lot of these soldiers, a lot of these students come from smaller towns and things like that, because I don't really know anyone in the Tokyo area who go who joins like GHI or which um, the um, self-defense force. 
but you know um just watching tv and stuff like that it seems like it's much of a bigger factor in smaller towns which is a similar thing that happens in america as well so you know it's a solid career and things like that but the documentary is really good i really recommend it the second second one the first video just get through that so you can understand what the fuck is going on um because the second documentary doesn't really explain any of the rules of botaoshi um but uh it, i found it really interesting it's just like 10 15 it's like 10 a little over 10 minutes but it's really well shot a lot of slow motion like oh kind of shit you watch these dudes just fuck each other up like the first video i think he shows them fucking each other up really um a lot because they, they kind of fuck each other up but <laughs> but it was interesting so check that out and um yeah i'm, I'm gonna just leave things there again my bad for such a short yeah it's just like 20 something minutes my bad for such a short episode but really not you know not into the groove if you, i'm trying to groove and i just can't groove at all so you know if you know you watch it on video i'm very animated you know i'm doing a whole bunch of shit uh, i'm feeling fine it's just like you know i'm just i'm sure you can understand if anyone who's had back issues i'm sure you can understand how i feel so that's it don't worry i'll be fine in a few more days um i just need to just stay off of it as much as possible so uh and you know going to fucking ikea today didn't really help so yeah, whatever all right yo well um let me let me leave things off here uh wish my back good luck <laughs> and i will oh wait uh, is there anything i want to say no, no, no. I'll just leave it here. All right, y'all. Thanks for watching, and I'll see you next time. Peace.